1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doctors of Running virtual roundtable, where we three doctors of physical therapy discuss the art and the science to the stuff that we are putting on our feet. Uh, today, though, we are joined by Jordan Kinley. He is part of Carhu, um, and we are really excited to have him on. Thanks for thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think a great place to start would just to be to get a little bit of a history of, of what has Carhu been up to, how did they come into being, uh, and where are you guys at now?
2: Yeah, good question. The, uh, yeah, Carhu, we joke just, you know, because our brand is so small but yet so old, that it's the oldest brand you've never heard of. <laughs> um, certainly working to change that and are, are slowly accomplishing – Uh, that task. But, yeah, so Carhu is originally from Finland. It was started in 1916. Um, Started making uh, skis and discuses. So it's always been about sort of uh, like forward movement um, and efficiency. Uh, Yeah, started making running shoes in the, you know, shortly thereafter. Um, So we have, you know, archive... You know, images and actually some old, like physical shoes from the 40s, 50s, 60s uh, that, you know, have the three stripes logo on the shoe before we sold the three stripes to our friends in Germany for reportedly 1,600 euros and two bottles of whiskey. Well, people don't know that it was two premium bottles. Uh, so <laughs> it, it was well, well worth the, uh, transfer of the three stripes, but no, the three stripes. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a funny story that links us to, uh, you know, other brands in the, in the running world. Um, but yeah, the functionally like the three stripes, which were just a way to like secure the, uh, the upper around the foot. It was the functional way to provide support and and was more functional then obviously it was then turned into a, uh, a branding item, um, and that's that's when Carhu went to a um, an M logo or an M design, which again is just a way to functionally like secure the the shoe around the foot. Um, and that's that's exactly yeah. So we still use yeah. the M logo uh, to this day. Um, yeah. So other innovations that Carhu has had included air cushioning. Um, we we in the seventies invented air cushioning. And so we actually have a patent and, and see the patent that uh predates another brand that's that is from uh Oregon. So the company in Oregon Nike, right, was uh you know early employees being Prefontaine, his coach Bowerman, uh obviously Phil Knight, who's still the chairman there. Um so some of Prefontaine's rivals were the Finns. So the, the, the Flying Finns were some of the best runners in the world. And so he invited uh, uh, some runners to attend uh, a series of meets on the West Coast. And we actually have pictures of um, Finns sitting at Hayward Field before it was torn down and remade into what it is what it is currently. Um, of the Finns with uh, a, a shoe called the Champion Air or Mastari in front of them. And that was one of the first shoes to have air cushioning. So three stripes logos to Adidas, to having a, a patented air cushioning system um, prior to, you know, the largest footwear maker in the world. We have some unique car who has some really unique connections in the running industry. Um, yeah. So currently, you know, we work here in the U.S. and in targeted markets in Europe uh, on a collection that uh, is specific to, you know, developing the like the, the most comfortable and efficient feel and uh, riding shoe. Um, we we usually use select retail partners to. Uh, to distribute our, our assortment. And for a long time, Carhu had kind of gone away from the US market.
1: Okay. And it
2: wasn't until maybe about 10 years ago where we sort of re entered it um, and have been revitalizing it since then. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been a, you know, again, like Carhu has a very unique history. Uh, I think for the shoe nerds out there, they appreciate it. Mm-hmm. for the, the, the we, we have two sides of the business we have our like performance running assortment and then we also have a um lifestyle collection so for the lifestyle which is the, the which the, is
1: dope by the way
2: yeah yeah so the sneaker I, I
1: love their stuff
2: you know is is uh they really appreciate i think like the authenticity of a historical running brand they will like when they you know delve into a brand they they discover that, that there's a lot more there to it than just you know the the trendy shoes that can uh you know come up with designs that just are there for fashion purposes but they actually discover that you know Carhu is a a brand uh rich in history so we have that so but on our on our running side i'm not sure if uh runners outside of the the people that are super curious about uh you know, running brands and footwear technology and stuff that it's coming from somewhere, uh, really care about a brand's history, but it is, it is nice to have it. Um, it is nice to to find, um, old images of guys winning the Boston marathon in car who shoes to, you know, uh, Pablo Nermy running in car who shoes and, and whatnot. So that is something that, uh, uh, we, we appreciate and that we try to take, um, you know, take the heart of <clears throat> our country. There's some great value in
1: having, in having that history where it's not, we're just trying to invent ourselves. Like you've come out of something that's been created and is passing on, um, style and ideas and, um, technology. Um, right now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You kind of have three, three main shoes that, that, in the running, in the running line, uh, that you guys put out, at least that we reviewed last year. Um, it was the Carhu Akoni, the fusion and the Synchron, those three, um, would that be correct in saying those would be the three? And do you want to dive into
2: kind of what the ideas are? Yeah, we have, we have three core. core Uh, we have the Iconi, which is probably our most versatile, um, the iconi is a you know we, we typically focus on everyday trainers. It's just the um, you know, even though we're a small brand, other small brands I think start at the fringes. They start at, you know, either trail shoes or racing shoes, and they don't go after just the the core customer who walking into a running store, it could be anyone from you know who's running 50, 60 miles a week or more to someone who is you know coming back from you know rehab and they just need a good comfortable pair of shoes to you know be on their feet as they start a walking program so but we so we go after just like you know an everyday casual runner fitness enthusiast trying to provide them something comfortable so the Iconi is uh that core model for us um and then it's complemented by a shoe called the fusion um which actually is being updated this year in 2021, and we have just begun shipping it out to stores uh, starting mm-hmm. Friday, and we'll continue uh, on tomorrow on on Monday. Um, and that reminds me that you guys are on the very early list to receive a pair. Um, I think David and uh, Matt. Hopefully, uh, I'll try to get them to you by by the end of uh, this coming week. Um, awesome. Uh, it'll take a little bit longer to get to Wisconsin, so the fusion gets updated and it, it becomes a little bit more neutral. So our fulcrum unit, which we can we can get into what that is in a bit, but our fulcrum unit is becomes a little bit shorter, so it becomes the shortest in our collection, which means that the uh, wow. the four foot the, the transitions a little bit earlier and the four foot is just a little bit snappier, um, and. Yeah, so that shoe comes out you a know, highlight, I guess, of the year because it's, an, it's one of the all-new models. Um, when did you say that? And then when we did have you third say that's coming out? We just started shipping, so it will release. Stores will start selling it probably end of this coming week, um, okay. but more uh, base in uh, like the second week in February. Um, stores will really start highlighting that. Um, yeah. And, and the early feedback is super encouraging, um, you know, from people that we've had it on and and they've done some training efforts in it. It's been, you know, uh, it's a little bit lighter. It's a little bit, um, more cushioned just where like the market's going. Um, you know, even, even though you try to have your, you know, own principles and whatnot, you do have to sort of follow the preferences of what runners are looking for these days. And, Mm -hmm. Certainly more neutral, more cushioned, and lighter are sort of three three elements that, if you don't have an issue, it's uh, you're almost dead in the water yeah. uh, but then we have a third shoe called the synchron, and the synchron is a a uh, little bit more traditional of a shoe, I guess, but what's unique of it is uh, it has a little bit longer fulcrum, and it's internally embedded in a polyurethane midsole that we call Aerofoam Nova. So it has a unique uh, compression-like properties to it. Um, uh, what's, what's nice about polyurethane is that it's, it is more durable. Um, it can take the pounding a little bit better. However, it is a little bit heavier. So the shoe itself is is has a little bit more weight to it, but what's nice is that once you get it on your foot, it's um it's very well balanced, and so at no point feel like too heavy. It's weird; like you can pick the shoe up and you, it, it feels heavy. Like definitely pick it up, and you're like, "Wow, this is like I'm not gonna like this because it's just it's frankly it's gonna be too heavy on my foot." Once you get it on your foot, that weight disappears just because it. I don't know. It, it, I've never been able to fully explain it, but I just think that at no particular part is overweighted, where sometimes the rubber on the outsole can be too heavy or the upper itself can be too heavy or maybe the midsole and the outsole are too heavy and it just feels it pulls your foot in a different direction but yeah the Synchron uh is is just a super comfortable again everyday trainer good for someone who's just on their feet a lot it's a nice recovery shoe and it's, it's done particularly well for us in the last, I'd say six to eight months. It's, um, it's been, it's, it's sort of been the surprise shoe in our collection. Hmm. Um, yeah. What I
1: was going to, what I was going to say about the Synchron for me and David, you can talk about the Synchron too, I think, cause you're, were, you're were a fan of it when we tested it last year. But when you talk about comfort, like that is, that is a couple things. Matt, you could talk about this too, because it's, I'm going to mention sockless, but for me to put that sh- shoe on without any, like with sockless is extremely comfortable and it's my favorite shoe to wear to work. And i as a PT, I'm on my, I'm on my feet all day. So that one is, and, and I obviously, you know, I think I tested over 50 shoes last year and I usually do wear them to work as, as a part of just kind of feeling the shoe out and all that. But, uh, that's one that I keep wearing to work
2: <laughs> and I always, and it's my top shoe for wearing to work. Yeah, um, I, have it, right. I have it on my feet right now. It's um, the Synchron again, is it, while we design like running and walking shoes and it's made for that purpose, I think probably the largest customer base for the Synchron is not a runner, it's simply someone who goes into a store and says, you know, I, I stand on a concrete floor all day, I'm on yep. my a lot, I I just need something that's comfortable and gives me like protection from you know, the everyday walking around that I'm doing. And, uh, they're, you know, they're brought out an assortment of shoes. And if they're brought out uh, one of the Synchron's to, to try as one of their few shoes, it ends up, they end up leaving the store with it just simply because it's just a, a comfortable shoe, whether or not it ever sees, you know, a a, whether or not the customer ever runs in it, it takes a step running in it. It's simply just a comfortable shoe. So, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wear, I wear it quite frequently just as my, you know, day to day hanging out shoe as I go about my life and whatnot.
0: But yeah. David, yeah, I can definitely I can speak to actually trying to run fast in that shoe, which it, it certainly is. There is some weight to it. And I agree. Nathan, and I also use it as a work shoe consistently. And it, it's one of those ones where, you know, you can put it on your feet. and It's going to, it's going to be a reliable shoe. Um, it took a little bit running wise to break in, but if you give it some time You'll start to feel the 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 polyurethane polyurethane midsole and the fulcrum will help roll you forward. It's one of those shoes. There's a lot of shoes like this right now, and I feel like the more people are moving forward, uh, forward designs moving in this direction where shoes are getting very unique. It like many shoes, you'll have to figure out how to use it. Once you figure that out and figure the mechanics out, then it, it's a fairly smooth shoe. It's just very like learning to use it, like many models today. But David actually ran fast in it, which this is. (laughs) Yeah, I liked it. I was (laughs) I've I've definitely
3: I've used the verbiage of comparing it to like a Cadillac where it's it's like a heavier base and it's a big vehicle, big shoe. But all of the like, there's the bells, the whistles. It's very well thought out and very I think it's engineered pretty well. And that Stingray plate that's in it, it feels nice. like it it's noticeable and like the transition points are smooth and yeah like i was running just as fast in that shoe as i was in any other shoe and and it felt comfortable it almost felt better the harder i hit the ground it was weird
2: yeah but, it's, um, that's
3: probably the poly- it's funny, I've,
2: i i have yeah. heard that that uh you know it, and it, again it's it's a heavy shoe. i think it's 360 grams which is yeah. like and that that's measured in a size men's size 10 which I want to say is over 12 ounces. So like a shoe that's over 12 ounces right now in the running market is like is a bit of a Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've seen just because, again, like the polyurethane construction is a unique plus the internal Stingray unit is unique. There was a guy in Europe. I, want, I forget which European marathon he ran. And this must have been late 2019 or very beginning of 2020 um he ran a marathon in like 225 in it or something like that Ooh. which i was i was like blown away uh, that someone put that shoe to like a 225 i was i was like that's probably one of the more impressive like feats i've seen you can see guys going out running it you know the next percent or uh you know it, like we gotta I choose this and that and running whatever sub 220 or 215 or sub 210 even like <laughs> the elites running whatever sub 205 and whatnot but like to run two, yeah. 225 in the same one i was yeah I, I was like shocked and impressed with that
1: that's impressive we should have a
3: comment bar below and be like kipchoge sub 2 in the alpha fly versus
2: yeah
1: 225.
3: which is more impressive
1: <laughs> which is more impressive <laughs> that's cool I think this might be a good time to actually. We've kind of mentioned fulcrum a lot, um, and yeah. it and it varies between the three. And and for us, we tested the old fusion, which had the the longer length. But we'll let you kind of speak to what the fulcrum is, and yeah. then I I know we all have some comments on our thoughts on the fulcrum
2: too. But yeah, I should. I I did grab like a, a midsole unit here. Oh, cool. Um, this this might help explain it a little better. Yeah. So this this blue unit. This is the current Iconi that I have in my hand in the midsole uh, cutout. But so the blue unit is the actual fulcrum itself. And it traditionally is a little bit firmer EVA, but we're making it a little bit softer these days. Just we've noticed um, you would put, you would, you know, assemble or at last the upper onto this um we 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 noticed that you know as shoes have gotten softer uh customers like don't like feeling you know direct firmness under their foot so we've made it a little bit softer but still enough to function but effectively the um the fulcrum unit helps transition or convert your downward falling motion that just happens when you're walking or running into forward movement which is what we think of running and walking is, right? The, the goal of running is to go forward as fast and as efficiently as possible. So what device can help uh, propel you forward? And in the 70s, the uh, uh, designers at Carhu came up with the fulcrum. And so it's not something that we just dreamed up two weeks ago. It's been in our shoes for decades. And we've evolved it, and um, are you know pleased with how it how it works and the research that we've done on it. So again, this blue unit just helps pivot you from the heel off your heel through midfoot into the forefoot. So the Iconi itself is relatively flexible in the forefoot, um, but it's a little bit more stable and. Uh, you know, provides like a nice unique transition uh, underneath the fulcrum we do put a propulsion unit and this propulsion unit just adds some torsional rigidity um, and some firmness to help create that quick like that snap that quick transition but it's away from the foot and you don't necessarily feel it however it's there functioning um yeah. So the so what what's unique about the fulcrum again is that we can play with the materials of it. We can we can make it out of composites. We can make it out of EVAs. We can make it out of. We've we've done a lifestyle shoe and we made it out of wood. Uh, nice. Cool. It's uh, kind of fun in that regard. And then we can also play with uh, the length of it. So a longer length fulcrum would provide. Uh, more guidance as you go through the, the gate cycle. So as the fulcrum gets longer, it would provide more support or stability later into the uh, stance phase and into toe-off. Obviously, you can make it shorter, which is what we're doing in the new fusion. So that makes it... Uh, you would get off of the fulcrum earlier and into the forefoot, which would become more flexible. Um, and then you can also play with the... The designs between the lateral and uh, medial uh, pivot points. So these are typically, the way that we design them are typically uh, symmetrical. So they are similar from the medial side to the lateral side. But if we want to have a shoe that has a little bit more support, we can build up the medial side even more and, and shrink the lateral side. So it is a, it's a unique uh, functional piece of technology that we've had in our shoes for a really long time that um, uh, we're able to provide different fits and feels for the customers based on obviously their preference based on their biomechanics and um, yeah, what their, what their ultimate goals are. So um, yeah, that's, that's the fulcrum in a quick rundown.
1: I think what's unique about the fulcrum um, is is that we've we've watched the trend of what quote-unquote stability looks like built into shoes and the fulcrums existed since the 70s and it's almost like stability is now in most shoes is starting to look more like what the fulcrum is Um, where it's not something that's trying to stop you from going one way or another but you use the word guidance and the fact that it's it's constructed in 3d and you have the both medial and lateral components and you have components that act posterior to anterior back to front. Um, that I think that's what we're seeing. Um, and what I really like about it from a working with patients standpoint, um, who have certain, um, whether if it's with their foot, usually with their foot, but, um, I just, I appreciate how the, the construction of it does have that medial and lateral component. Cause a lot of times for people who have certain types of gait patterns, I'll see the foam compression be extreme on the lateral side mm-hmm. and then the, or vice versa. And they're like in these stability shoes. Cause they've been told to be, you know, and I mean a posted shoes, so they've been in like a posted shoe and they have excess wear uh, of the compression of the foam on one side. And I just put their shoe on a table and it tilts one way. And right. I think that the fact that the the fulcrum almost spans the whole length of the midsole um, is something anecdotally that I've seen work well for people in that with those kind of conditions where I'm seeing this abnormal foam compression in their shoes Um, and it's worked really well like you got car you guys sent us some shoes to like let patients try in the clinic and um, people are still using them and trying them on and it's it's a super helpful shoe (laughs) and a lot of times the people I'm working with it's the first shoe they've ever put on that's like using actually quality material
2: and people are just
1: blown away, you know, to feel something different, you know? And, um, and so it's been a really good experience.
2: uh, Yeah, certainly once you, you know, obviously there's different levels of EVA and there's different, you know, what you can put in a $60 shoe is certainly different than what you can put in a 120, $130 shoe. But, um, yeah, again, like I think, you know if you think of a, a posted shoe, if we effectively just cut off the lateral side of it and had a form a firmer section on the medial side, that's what a a posted shoe would be. So, um, the thinking would be like, well, it prevents you from collapsing on the medial side, but then the fear being, well, it, it, it might throw you out further to the lateral side. Um, but because there are, there is, you know. Two pivot points, our lateral media side. The idea is to channel you forward to keep you, you know, going from heel to toe versus going from you know the inside to the outside or from the outside to the inside of your of your gait cycle. Just to keep you on top of the shoe and moving you through through the shoe, um, I think is really something unique. Uh, whether or not you need stability, right? I think that's that's something that many brands are introducing. Um, that come up alongside uh, I mean, I can name brands like Brooks is doing it with guide rails Guide rails. Hoka is doing it with their sort of their bucket seat and how you sit down in the midsole itself um, or through a a firmer section of foam on the uh, firmer section of foam on the outsole. And that's fine. They're all functional ways to keep you on top of the shoe and moving through it. Um, We've just done it for, a very long time. And we're not jumping on this new uh, design construction, but we've, we've had in our shoes. And frankly, it's been a, it's been a battle to stores and customers uh, to explain because everybody likes their comfortable, like neutral category, their stability category, their motion control category, their racing category. Um, But when you explain like, or when you get asked, you know, are your shoes uh, neutral or stability? It's always like well, like both. They're kind of both. Uh, where if you're if you're neutral, you're simply gonna you know guide flow through the shoe, and you'll certainly uh, take advantage of the pivot points as you're uh, transition from heel to toe, but. If, you're, if you need stability, you at least have the security of having a medial pivot point, so you're not getting in on the medial side, but you're also not getting thrown out on the lateral side. Um, so again, functionally, it, it works for many, many different foot types in the same design and construction.
0: And that's one of the things that we've seen in the industry. And that's something we talk about frequently is just because a shoe is labeled a neutral or stability shoe does not necessarily make it stable or neutral. There are a lot of other factors that can obviously go the other way. We've had shoes that are categories of stability. They're incredibly unstable. And I would never suggest to somebody that has excessive mobility and poor control of their ankle. And there's other neutral shoes. Like this is a great shoe. Like I typically tend to need a little stability and I can still take these for 18, 20 miles and not have any issues. So it varies, but what, what I feel like the fulcrum has done yeah. is, is the cr- yeah. current concepts on stability is that, and you can thank do- Dr. Ben-Ernig on this, is that it's not about putting a post somewhere because we know that a lot of times just because you have a post somewhere, the foot's going to do its own thing, right? This is an example of you, if you, like when I used to work at running stores, you'd put somebody in a motion control shoe and they'd still roll off the side of it. I'm like, well, that didn't do anything oftentimes the foot will do what it's going to do, whether it's coming from the foot itself or it's being driven from factors up higher. You have to assess that. You don't know just looking at people, but it's the, the concept behind what people are going to do is called the preferred motion pathway. People are going to do what they're going to do. And the best way a shoe can help you is facilitate you in that forward motion and not try to jam you one way or another. Not to say that posts don't work. There are a lot of people that do enjoy that feeling, whether it's actually affecting the mechanics or it's like a proprioceptive thing that they like having pressure in their arch no idea it depends on the person but carhu that the fulcrum is a nice way that a lot of people are moving to go yeah let's like guide rails or the bucket seat the north face has an yeah. elevated plate that they have in their new trail shoes it's a similar concept just going kind of like roll people forward but nathan you're going to say yeah
1: yeah i think jordan you can correct me if i'm wrong but you sent me um at least presentations on the study some of the studies that you guys have done and two of the things that i remember reading is one uh looking in changes in levels of vertical oscillation um and that in that wearing the <coughs> i think it was studied with the ocone um or Oconi, that it decreased vertical oscillation and then the other one was you looked at uh pressure mapping of the of the foot as it went through and decreasing the medial lateral movement of the, um, of the pressure kind of pathway through the foot, through the gait cycle. Um, am I remembering those, those correctly?
2: Yeah, uh, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Uh, we typically we do research at, uh, the university of Askela, which is a university in, in Finland. And, um, what's unique there is they have a, um, a, a pressure plate that's roughly ten meters long, which is one of the largest ones in the world, um, and it means that instead of trying to hit a pressure plate that's, you know, two meters long, and you're trying to perfectly get one or two strides on it, you can take several strides across it, and they can get a little bit more accurate data. Uh, but yeah, the idea is is typically a, a runner oscillates um i want to say roughly 10 centimeters and through their through their stride pattern um and the fulcrum unit helps reduce that by uh a couple centimeters and so again if you're going up and down less you're directing that energy a little bit more forward so the shoe itself can be a little bit more efficient um yeah and then i
0: I'd like to say how amazing that sounds to have a 10 meter force plate because I'm my PhD right now is utilizing force plates at the moment. And so the APU Biomechanics Lab is wonderful. But like most biomechanics lab, we only have a force plate that's like maybe half a meter long. And having people try to hit that is like, I don't have a ton of hair right now. But when I did, it was like I pulled out a decent amount, having to wait and go through trials going, Can you please hit that without yeah. trying and not screwing your data up? But that's awesome. I want to see
2: that. Yeah, right. that's just a uh... Yeah, it's one of those things where if you can take several strides across something and not have to change your, uh, you know, either stutter step or, you know, stretch out to try and hit the force plate, it certainly certainly helps. It's just one less thing that you are, you know, conscious of as you're, you know, uh, have strobes on you to keep track of where your uh, angles are and whatnot. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It, it, um, yeah, I guess the other comment that you had, Nathan, was um, the pressure, like going through the shoe itself, and the, the, that that's the other thing, is that we see that it's more centered, and so if you're not getting out on the outer edges of everything, and you're staying center, it, more centered in the shoe itself, uh, it is just sort of a more natural, um, and not putting too much pressure on any one portion of the foot, uh, okay. which we think is a good thing.
1: Yeah. So I think one last main, um, category slash question I have for you is, is in terms of how you construct your upper fit. Um, I think I'm thinking of two things. One is the fit ID stuff, which you can talk about. And then the other is, um, what you do for, I'm going to call it wide to start, but you can explain like what, what you guys do with your quote unquote wide shoes.
2: Yeah. So, uh, about five years ago, we entered into a uh, exclusive uh, distribution agreement here in the U.S., and so we partnered with a franchise of stores called Fleet Feet. They have roughly 180, 182 locations uh, across the U.S., um, and uh, it meant that only Fleet Feet would be allowed to sell Carhu running shoes. Um, and a few years later, they introduced a new uh, fit system uh, called Fit ID. And it was a a scanner that uh, takes a 3D image based on four cameras on the scanner, and it reads out some... Uh, pretty cool data. And so the customer in the store is able to see obviously like their foot length, but also some measurements of, you know, how wide is their heel? How wide is their forefoot? What's their instep girth? What's, um, you know, just some other measurements that helps the sales associate working with the customer, go back to the, you know, go back to the stock room and pull out shoes that would best fit that customer based on how much they're running what they're using the shoe for the terrain, etc. Um, And so we were fortunate enough to be able to start looking at uh, some of that foot scan data. And so as more and more feet were scanned, we were able to uh, collect a database of more and more foot shapes, women's, you know, obviously women's feet, men's feet, different widths, different uh, arch lengths and and volume type. So we were able to actually adjust the shape of our footwork last to best accommodate the average shape of runner's feet. Um, and so uh, currently our collection is fully based on those average foot shapes um, based on, again, volumes and measurements taken by the Fit ID scanners. Um And what we learned also is uh, the company that makes these scanners uh, has them not just in North America, but they also have them around the world. And so they started comparing, well, are there different, um, what else can we learn about feet in uh, Asian markets, in Australian markets, in European markets, and in North American markets? And so they published a study. About widths and volumes and whatnot, and so it really showed the importance of having more than one volume or width in your footwear collection. And so we came up with a, uh, you know, we introduced a shoe that most brands would call wide. Uh, we actually refer to it as highvo or high volume, and that simply. Uh, makes you have a little bit more room, a little bit more volume in the upper to accommodate all the unique foot characteristics that people have from, you know, having thicker feet or bunions or, uh, hammer toes, whatnot, just certain, uh, again, unique foot characteristics that would typically rub on a normal volume shoe or a normal width shoe. Um, and we just wanted to accommodate extra, Uh, extra foot shapes. So yeah, we introduced uh, a high volume shoe last spring, spring of spring of 20. And uh, roughly of all of our Iconi shoes were sold in high volume last year. Um, So it's been, yeah, it's been uh, successful for that category and customers have Certainly appreciated having an extra, um, having fitting into a cargo shoe that isn't the traditional or standard uh, width or volume. Again, it's a little bit different yeah. because in the, the, the traditional, uh, the traditional men's volume is or men's width is D. If you're talking uh, shoe last, uh, and then when you go to a, a wide, it's two E. So the only thing different between a D and a two E is the upper so that so if if you're if you're looking at a footwear midsole both, both a d and a 2e are lasted on the same midsole it's not until so the so when you say it's width you everybody thinks like oh it's just gonna be a little bit wider here but in actuality it's it's the upper that is is changing from you know this amount of volume to this amount of volume, um, but yet the actual midsole stays the same. It's not until you get into extra wide, which is would be forty, that the actual midsole itself gets gets wider. Mm. Um, and then the footwear midsole design and, and whatnot is the the uh, midsoles for both men and women are the same. They're just shrunken. Um, mm-hmm. So if you if you were to have a women's, even though they call you know women's Regular width is B, and men's is D. It's the same midsole that they're using for everything. So if you have actually some of the, and, and frankly, some of the um, uh, larger women's sizes and smaller men sizes are the exact same shoe, just in different colors. Um, so also okay.
0: called shrink it and pink it within the industry is oftentimes men's and women's last or shape. It's exactly the same. So for those of you that have asked us, like, hey. If I'm a female, can I wear a men's shoe and if I'm a male, can I wear a female shoe? Most of the time, yet really doesn't matter. It's the exact same shape. They just made it yeah. smaller with different colors.
1: We're right. seeing we're seeing some changes. Yeah. We're seeing some changes like yeah. I think That's the so ASICS uh Nimbus Lite 2 has a little bit different construction and different drops and stuff and they even changed the outsole. So there's yeah. like little changes there, but there, there, not a-
0: not nothing super major. I mean, there's a couple but for the most part yeah. Uh,
2: that's so, so there are so there are some brands that do have gender specific lasts um uh that are you know there have been different um beveling on heels based on women's cue angles and whatnot um but across the board for the majority it's a, a woman's shoe is simply just the smaller version of a, yep. of a men's shoe. And I only, I only ha- highlight this because our new fusion that's, that's set to release in days here, we're, we're introducing um, what we call HeraFit, and it's actually, it's a women specific last. So the last itself, we, and in comparing uh, uh, footwear data, we looked at the, the differences between men's and women's feet. And traditionally, uh, I think the the people thought think that a woman has a, a, a narrower foot in the heel and perhaps a more triangle shape up in the forefoot, but frankly that wasn't what we saw. Mm-hmm. The heel width was like negligible. Like you're talking half of a millimeter type amount of, of uh difference based on the same size at between a man and a woman that a man and a woman which is nothing um it wasn't statistically different but the two uh points that were different were were in instep girth and ball girth so at like roughly your instep is roughly roughly here on a shoe and then your ball girth would be a little bit forward so the amount of volume in those two points were different. And so we adjusted our last to be more female specific. Um, and as a result, that's going to hopefully be more comfortable for a, a woman running or walking in the new fusion. Um, and so we'll, we'll uh, introduce it in that model first. And if women enjoy it, we will slowly introduce that into other uh other models as well but it's just something that um we're excited about that is is coming to market and um as well um as as the collection grows and as we get into additional uh seasons
1: well we lost you for like one second in there but i think we got the main point
2: i don't know what we
0: what we missed but we got the main point this this is exciting just because, and I, we've highlighted this a little bit before, but probably not as much as we should, is that, and Jordan just said this, is that men and women have very different feet. So bone structure between, just not just the feet, the whole body, bone structure of the, the foot and ankle especially is very, very different just because in terms of what evolutionarily men versus women go through is very, very different in terms of what they go through in a lifespan. Uh, joint angles are different, a uh, bone structure and lengths, especially the metatarsals and it's totally different. Flex points have to be different, but this is, you know, it, it's, it's nice that people are really starting to pay attention to this more because they, again, if there's different flex points, different, but you need a different shoe and it needs to be designed differently. So it's nice to hear that this is starting to get emphasized. And I'm curious to see how this, how this goes and the feedback that you get.
2: Yeah, I think, I think it'll be good. I, uh. Again, we just started shipping it out, and um, I we, again, based on all the testing that we've done and early feedback from uh, customers and reviewers and whatnot um, that got to try the prototypes and and uh, put miles in on those, it's been uh, like super encouraging. So um, yeah, we're 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 happy about it, and we're excited and um, are looking forward to having those in in our retailers.
1: Yeah. So the biggest thing probably for 2021 for you guys will be the fusion. That's kind of like the big update. Um, yeah. yeah. Are, are the Iconi and Synchron getting kind of what's happening with those this year?
2: Yeah, no. So the, the Iconi is actually for spring, um, for spring 21, the Iconi is actually in its last season of its current uh construction it it it, it will get an update in june july um Mm -hmm. so it will be the 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 iconic two or the next version of it that we're we're um i'm always hesitant about i have them in the office but i'm always hesitant to show them simply because i need i need runners and stores to purchase and sell what's what's available right now um uh. and not wait until the next shiny object that's coming uh, <laughs> um, but it is it is uh, it is a cool update um that that we're excited you know again we're, i keep saying that like, we're excited about it's just that as Carhu has has grown um we just keep improving each season whether it's adjusting the upper improving materials or just making a a lighter more functional shoe to fit the market um yeah so the Iconi gets an update later this year so we'll have an all-new fusion second half of the year we'll have an all-new Iconi and then we made a uh, to the Synchron uh we changed well, what? the upper um to make it a little bit more Yeah, we made the the upper of the Synchron a little bit more accommodating in the mesh. So it's a little bit more open. Um, We'll move with the foot a little bit better. And then internally that Stingray Stingray composite unit that's in the midsole, we've shortened it ever so slightly. So it doesn't quite run up into the forefoot um, as much. Uh, And by shortening the internal fulcrum unit um, it will have just a little bit nicer of a of a roll to the midsole, um, and it will be a, a, a hair lighter. Uh, but I think you would have to have fairly sensitive feet if you'd been in that shoe previously to be able to recognize the differences. Mm. Uh, but I think for a new customer that hasn't experienced that shoe before, they'll just they'll recognize it's a little bit lighter and has a, a slightly nicer transition. Um, yeah. So again. We don't – I think we um, like to take our – to make slight improvements or slight changes. We never drastically um, change a shoe just because we – you know, if we have customers in a particular model, when they come back to get their next pair of shoes and they slide their foot into it, we want them to recognize, oh, yeah, like this – I feel at home. I feel like this is – uh, you know, it feels lighter, it feels more cushioned, whatever, whatever we're going after, but it, the fit should feel similar. It should still feel familiar. Um, yeah. whereas I think sometimes brands will completely overhaul a model and, you know, the model X from this year to the next year is completely different and there's no consistency, uh, we like to, we like to, you know, make it so that you know what you're going to be stepping into.
1: Yeah. Keep the people happy who are happy and then make the changes that are, make it more accessible for more people. And, um, that makes a lot of sense. I think this year, the, uh, what is I think the, uh, Adidas Boston is totally like a new shoe where it's going from like the you know, lower stack racing training shoe to this high stack plated something, something. So that'll be one of those, like the Boston faithful, are you going to lose everybody or what are they going to do?
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, be when I used to work in, in uh, a run specialty store. Um, I actually used to run in a lot of Adidas shoes, whether it was the the Boston or the old. And I, and when I was in high school, I used to train in the, um, the supernova classic Um which was just a, I I think guys of my era were, are nostalgic about that shoe. And so um, when it was changed to the supernova cushion or the supernova guide and something, it, it lost that, uh, Mm -hmm. like that classic feel that had been in the shoe for 10 years. Um, But yeah, it's, it's just something that, you know, at, at some point changes are made and, you either like the changes, or you go on and find another another shoe model that uh, is either in the brand's collection, or is you jump you know jump to the next uh, the next brand because you found something that you enjoy.
1: Right. Um, well, this was great. Is there anything else that you want to? share? I mean, I think we got it. I, I love the history that you gave us of car Carhu. it's super unique and I think valuable to what you guys are doing. Um, went through fulcrum, your kind of main models, the new stuff that's coming out this year. Is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up?
2: No, I don't think so. I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I imagine people who would be entertained enough to watch uh, either our video or listen to our video would be curious about uh, curious about Carhu and I would certainly I would encourage them to um, you know either follow up with questions to you or to me I'm, I'm certainly available I can sh- even share my email if that's uh, of interest but um, yeah no certainly you know go to fleetfeet.com, carhu.com or visit a a fleetfeet store and you can try on the shoes th- yourselves and and uh experience them in person. Um there are other categories that we're hoping to get into. Um that that we're currently not in in, in certainly trail I think is fitting for a finished brand um and is just a natural a uh you know, with the, who we are and the history. Um, Mm -hmm. But we will continue to focus on the core running, walking customer that just needs a good, comfortable workhorse, everyday training shoe. Um, And for those that are, are, you know, looking for the lightest or the fastest uh, shoe out there, we'll eventually get there. But if you're just looking to log your, Hour long to ten mile run every day, like that's that's where you can really count on Carhu for um, just being again just a durable, comfortable um, everyday trainer.
3: Yeah, I will say too. In the last year, I've never worked in an area that has a fleet feet in close proximity, but I have seen two pairs of Carhu come through the doors. And every time I see it, I'm like, "Hey, it's Karu," and they're like, "Huh?" And <laughs> but it's the same That's thing. Nice. They they fell in love with it at the shoe store. They'd never heard of the company. They just liked the shoe, you know. And yeah, one was a Synchron right, yeah. and one was an Iconi. So
2: yeah, no, I love it. I love it. We just yeah. need to it. Um, yeah. And and we're certainly seeing it. So I know 20, 2020 was a weird year for uh, a lot of brands and a lot of people. Um, we frankly had a, a, a good one. We were, mm-hmm. we were able to, um, we were able to grow, um, and, you know, keep shoes in stock. Uh, and, you know, I think more, more customer as the, you know, summer hit and more, uh, individuals were out there running and walking simply because gyms were closed or, uh, other fitness clubs were closed. Um, I think we were able to, you know, gain some more customers and those individuals, I hope have discovered a brand that has, again, a unique history, isn't just, uh, isolated to running, but if you want good looking sneakers and a fashionable, uh, collection, like that's still an option. Um, so yeah, so again, uh, you know, keep your eye on Carhu and, um, fun things that we're doing.
1: Yeah, my last thing that I was going to say is the next thing I'm picking up are a pair of from the legend line of footwear and uh and that hat you're wearing because they're both awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, but uh Jordan, huge thank you, yeah. to you for coming on and uh we'll have give, uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It kind of glitched out for a second.
2: Yeah, I think we'll have the hat soon. My hope is to have the hat soon. Okay. Um, and our, sp- our spring lifestyle collection will also be available. I want to say in late, in late February to early March is sort of when we, uh, typically start releasing that stuff. So we'll have new colors and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. The, the sneakers are fun because I typically only, um, I typically only wear running shoes when I'm actively running. And so when I'm just hanging out and doing stuff other than running, I'm in our sneakers and our lifestyle stuff. So representing the brand is always uh, rewarding. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the packs of colors that you guys put on are always fun. There's pretty yeah. much any color option that you'd want. Um, it's really great. But again, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing everything about CarHoo. Uh, I hope that uh, people who are listening got to learn a lot today because like you said, it's the oldest brand you've never heard of. And uh, we've appreciated testing out the CarHoo stuff and looking forward to the new Fusion and um, whatever else is coming this year. So yeah. Um, Again, thank you for your time. We might even just link your email into our description of the video in um, the podcast. If you would want that, if you want your your email that widely spread, otherwise we could have them reach out to us and then connect them to you. So we'll talk about that later, but um, there'll be ways to contact Jordan if you want. Um, but again, thanks for listening. If you uh, want to support what we're doing, it does always help if you're subscribed and Uh, to our YouTube or our podcast or et cetera, et cetera, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, We're around and uh, excited to, to keep doing stuff like this. And we love the opportunity to talk to people like Jordan about what's going on in the industry and how they're moving forward. So thanks again, Jordan.